This is the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast Show, hosted by Bo Finley and Brant Walker. Welcome back to another edition of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here, as always, Bo and Brant coming at you. It is crunch time and draft season. We just concluded the inaugural draft for the first ever Fat Boys Fantasy Listener League. Uh, on Friday, we had a great turnout. Everybody was present for the draft. Uh, it was an online draft. I shouldn't say everybody was present in person, but uh, no auto drafting except for our co-host, Jason Urish, who goes to the draft on the second half of the ra- of the, the draft. Thought he had a good enough team and decided to skate. Uh, but we had a great, great draft. Uh, had a couple people joining us. Said it was their first ever draft, so we're pretty excited about uh, taking some draft virginities, if you will. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's it's crunch time here, so we're gonna we're gonna do a real quick recap of our listener league draft. Uh, not gonna go in, de- in depth. Not gonna name all the players on any any one roster, uh, but we will go through and add, talk about some strengths and some weaknesses on both team or on each team of the twelve man league. And then we're going to get into some some last-minute stuff that you need to know for your drafts and and some risers and some fallers in our eyes and some other stuff that we've got to talk about. So without further ado, Brian, I'll send it your way so we can get started on breaking down some of these rosters. All right, I'm going to break down teams one through six. I'm going to go in order. So with our first pick overall, it was obviously Christian McCaffrey. And then, you know, he's got some other good things on this team. He's got some questionable things on the team. Talking about your strength. Strength is obviously Chris McCaffrey. What, who was the team name there on that one? I'm sorry. Uh, that's Midway Monsters, I believe. Um, and uh, so M- McCaffrey is your is your main strength. Your other strength I see is your quarterback. You got Mahomes, you got Fields. So you got that. Uh, it is only a single QB league. Um, but then even though McCaffrey is your strength, your weakness is your, your depth at running back. Uh, you waited till the fourth round to take another one, and you took uh, – Kenyon Drake, so that's going to be a little rough starting Drake and uh, McCaffrey. But you also got Sony Michelle down there, so that might make up for a little bit if he if he takes over some type of role. Um, the next pick is uh, Redneck um, at the number two. Uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, was your first overall, which you were smart and you handcuffed him later in the draft. Um, I'm looking, and I got to go with your quarterback is a good strength. You got Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence. I'm going to go with your wide receivers, I think, is probably one of your biggest strengths. you got Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin as your one-two. you got Michael Thomas, if he comes back and plays, be a great three. And you got you got real good toss-ups with Ayuk and Landry. And, and uh, uh, I love Josh Palmer. Yeah. Um, so your, your, your wide receivers, your wide receiver core is a little good. Once again, depth at running back is going to be a killer for you. Um, with Cook and Williams being your only two, and then you got – Alexander, Madison, and Tony Pollard. Um, so your depth is going to kill you. We'll go over here to team three, and that's uh, Omaha. Omaha, ha, ha. And uh, you, your your strengths, I got to say, is 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 your running backs. You got Kamara, you got Mixon, you got Singletary. I absolutely love it. And then you got Gainwell down there. Um, You're, I, I'd probably say your weakness would be your QB with Burrow and Mayfield. Both Mayfield was is is decent and is serviceable in a twelve man. Um, sometimes the weather up there makes his starts questionable. And then you got Joe Burrow. We're all still waiting to see how he looks coming. Same back. weather. Same weather. Yep. Both both Cleveland quarter or uh, Ohio quarterbacks there. Yeah. Then we'll go over here with Mister Ghost himself, uh, Urish, there at the the fourth pick. Uh, 
taking a gamble on Barkley, I like. Um, then you got Josh Jacobs, Daryl Henderson, and then you seem to really love David Johnson. Um, so, I mean, you got the depth at running back to, to maneuver around a little bit. You got TJ Hawkinson as your tight end. There's once again, there's really no weakness to your team. Um, if, my questionable would be Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson. If Watson ever plays, that's going to be a real question. And is Stafford going to be serviceable all year in a new offense? It, that's something to wait to be seen. A lot of gambles at running back there. If Saquon doesn't pan out, if Drake tears into Jacobs' workload a little bit, and if Henderson doesn't end up being that guy, you've got no running backs. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we'll go over to you here. Um, this is a bad team. You started out really strong with Henry, CEH. Then you got a great number three. For um, all about two days. All about two days with J.K. Dobbins. I love the, the way you start out. Your question to me is Kyle Pitts. That's mm. your question for me. Because I absolutely love what you do with QB. It's what I'm trying to do in almost every draft that I have. You got your veteran late with Ryan Tannehill. We know he'll be serviceable. He'll get you a rushing touchdown every couple games. He's got two great wideouts. Then you backed it up with Trey Lance. Absolutely love it. Um, running back depth could be a question if Sermon never takes over. Um, wide receivers, you got you got a bunch. You got three of them that could turn into wide receiver one, so that's good gambles there. I don't see Galladay turning into a wide receiver one this year, um, unfortunately. And then we'll go to Orange here at the six overall. Start out with Nick Chubb, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin. Love it. Great start. Um, running back two, you got a toss-up with Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds. Love it. QB, you got Herbert. Uh, once again, no real weaknesses. You're kind of right there with your ones and twos. Um, this is a team that could compete. Oh, this, definitely. This could be our listener league champion potentially. Absolutely could be. Um, you got Ridley and McLaurin as your one-two. But your my biggest question mark is your your running back too. Will Davis be able to handle it all year? Will Chase Edmonds be able to handle it all year? Will Zach Moss take over that role? Or that? I don't really see a whole lot of weakness. You got Logan Thomas so late in the draft. That looks amazing. Um, I don't really see a reason to have Tua when you have Herbert, um, I guess, by week. Other than that, that's a pretty solid roster right there. I'll let you go ahead and take it over with uh, the number seven overall. Yeah, so at seven, seven overall, we have one of the uh, co-founders of the uh, Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast, what, 47 years ago? Was that about when you were born? Yeah. 33, sir. Oh, okay. So we have Brant's dad here at the seventh pick. Uh, started out uh, with Zeke Elliott and then uh, turned Chris Carson in the third round. Uh, rounded out his running backs with James Conner and James White and Giovanni Bernard. Uh, wide receivers are D-Hop, Mike Evans, Juju, and Tyler Boyd. Uh, the weakness in this one is if, if Father Time steps up this year, uh, and knocks down Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger. We got no youth at the quarterback spot. Uh, strengths here is definitely, in my opinion, is wide receiver. You got three different guys that could finish each week as wide receiver ones. Yes, I know Juju's kind of falling off, but he used to be great. Mike Evans, he's either the guy that's going to get you 60 points or zero, or maybe even as recent, recently now at 30 points or, or 10. And then you got D-Hop. Uh, pretty solid roster, another contender here. Uh, moving over to Numkin. He did. Before you pass on, I got a, I got a text in the middle of this draft. My father realized in this draft how valuable uh, running backs were. He messaged me, said somebody else had like six on their roster when he only had three. 
and uh, he realized how how valuable running backs are real quick. Yeah, there were some other teams that went pretty running back heavy pretty quick. Um, but Numkin is one of our guys that said this was one of his first ever drafts, so we're going to cut him a little bit of slack. Uh, but he took DK Metcalf at the ninth overall pick. That kind of blew a lot of our minds. Uh, but he followed it up with Antonio Gibson, and I think if you were to swap those – and have Gibson in the first round, nobody probably bats an eye. And then DK Metcalf in the second, again, nobody bats an eye. Um, kind of got some issues here with, with a couple of things. Uh, running back depth, I don't love. I love Antonio Gibson this year. Not a huge fan of, of Miles Sanders. Not a huge fan of Ronald Jones. And then he got some, some backups down the way. Uh, and then at wide receiver, I love DK Metcalf. Not We don't know what to think about Devonta Smith yet. Uh, Antonio Brown, I like Michael Pittman should be good, especially with the news about T Y Hilton. Uh, but I would say that you're, you're a little weak at both spots, but tight end is probably your strength with Noah Fanton and Evan Ingram. Uh, and then another one of my, uh, favorite teams in this league that is going to have a chance to contend. We got Steven who started off with Jonathan Taylor, uh, and then rounds out his running backs with DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Michael Carter, and Naeem Hines. Really no weaknesses there. Um, you know, James Robinson looks to be the RB1 workhorse again in Jacksonville. DeAndre Swift's got the huge PPR upside, and I love Jonathan Taylor. Then you go to wide receiver. He's got Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Robbie Anderson, Marquez Calloway, Terrace Marshall, and Elijah Moore. Really nothing to hate here on this roster. This is another one that should contend. If I had to pick a weakness, I would say having Mike Gusecki as your only tight end on a roster is kind of scary. Uh, heading over to Holmes, Aaron Jones, Najee Harris, George Kittle to start the draft. Uh, followed by Kyler Murray, Robert Woods, and Miles Gaskin. This is another team that's going to contend. Um, if I had to pick a weakness, which is an, another one that's kind of hard to pick, uh, but it's it'd probably be wide receivers just because Robert Woods, Chase Claypool, DJ Chart, Mike Williams, and Dar Darnell Mooney aren't really all studs themselves. A lot of question marks there. I think Robert Woods should be in, in uh, for a big season. Not a huge Robert Woods fan. We, Walker, you know that. But you traded for him. I got him on a steal. I couldn't pass it. Uh, then we go to Tofty. I think this might be this guy's first ever draft as well. Kind of, kind of, you know, questionable here. Um, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Allen Robinson, Dak Prescott to start it. Kareem Hunt as his first running back. Then Damian Harris, A.J. Dillon, Latavius Murray, Ramondre Stevenson. Running back is a huge question mark. Strength is going to be your passing attack, obviously. You've got Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and then your other strength would be your pass catchers, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, Allen Robinson, LaVisca Chenault, Will Fuller, and Michael Gallup. Uh, and then bringing up the rear, we have the other uh, co-host of this wonderful podcast. We have Walker's team here, Austin Eckler and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller to start it out with your first three picks, D David Montgomery. Uh, if I had to go with a weakness here, it's gonna go. I'm going to go quarterback. Don't love Jalen Hurts as your first QB, but you were smart enough to round that out with Kirk Cousins, who should be a very safe option this year. Running back depth might be an issue for you. Obviously, Austin Eckler doesn't typically stay healthy. We'll see if he can do that this year. If he doesn't, I'm slapping you because you drafted you know, one of my, my near and dear guys in my dynasty league. Uh, but Darren Waller is an absolute steal in third, rounds, third round. And Devontae Adams, 13th overall pick. Can't can't knock you for that. Love your wide receiving core. I would think that's your that's your strength with Adams, Darren Waller, uh, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Cooks, and Marvin Jones, and Jacoby Myers all the way down there at the last pick of your draft. Which we'll talk about him here just uh, just a little bit. Um, so let's. Uh, I know we're we're just now getting off work and, and to our phones looking at some of these cuts. 
let's uh let's uh let's let's talk about some cuts and, and injuries that have happened over the last week. Okay. Um, Start with J.K. Dobbins. It's the biggest one. Yeah, yeah. Let's take another stab at my dynasty here. Yeah, your dynasty roster's uh was great at the end of last season. Coming <laughs> into this one, Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins going down really kind of put a knife in your back and twisted it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dobbins Dobbins went down, was carted off in preseason, season-ending uh, ACL tear. Um, so now it's Gus Edwards and Tyshawn Johnson, maybe. I'm looking right now, um, relative unknown aside from fantasy there this year, and that and that young man. Um, but yeah, I, I guess Justin Hill still or Justice Hill is still there as well. Justice Hill He's is battle, battling a little bit of his own injuries, but it's not season-ending. Um, I understand there's Tyson Williams, Williams, Tyson Williams. Okay. Uh, I understand there's a lot of hype moving up the Gus Edwards train, the Gus bus, if you will. Uh, I'm not, not getting on board with Gus Edwards. Um, you know, I can, you can make the argument that, well, Dobbins was going to lose target or catch it or, uh, carries. If, if, if I could talk is going to, was going to lose carries to Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards is way more talented than Tyshawn Williams or justice Hill. But they're still going to expel Gus Edwards a little bit, and he's not as talented with the ball in his hands as J.K. Dobbins. Um, so I, I'm not buying into the hype. If he falls to the right round, I love it. Obviously, who wouldn't? Uh, but I, I'm just not going to buy into the hype train. His ADP jumped, what, five rounds after the news? Um, yeah. I, I'm not buying into it. I don't know how do you feel about Gus Edwards. I still think he's going to be your short short line or short carry and goal line guy i i don't think his workload's going to change a whole lot i think maybe he'll get a few more in between the 20s but that williams has been so explosive during camp and everything i would venture to say he's probably going to be the one in the pass catching role but history shows that you're scrambling mobile quarterbacks don't dump off the ball a whole lot which was one of the biggest knocks for jk dobbins so I really think that thing's going to be a lot more committee based than it than it probably would have been had Dobbins stayed healthy. I think it would have been more of a 70-30 split with Dobbins and Edwards. I think you're probably looking close to 60-40, maybe 65-45, maybe, or 35. I can't do my math. You We're can't not, talk math, and I can't do math. Math's not strong suit here at the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. No, we no. don't count calories. No, absolutely not. So, I mean, that was really the biggest injury that up to note. Um Let's talk about some of these cuts. Um, now we'll just talk about the biggest one, get straight into it. The release of Cam Newton. Um, I don't think anybody really saw this one coming. We all knew it was up in the air and, and questionable to happen. Um, Mac Jones is a starter, and um, that rises up Damian Harris in my mind. Yeah. Uh, the pass catchers there, I think, move up a little bit in yeah. my mind. I think that's going to be more open to offense. Um, really, it almost makes sense for Johnu and Henry to maybe be serviceable now. Not trying to figure out which one's going to break out that week. They both might be serviceable because we always say it: rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends and running backs. So I think James White probably took the biggest bump for me uh, in my eyes, just simply fact due to the fact that he is one of the better pass catching backs in the league, and now we have a rookie quarterback. Uh, for me, though, I'm, I'm pumping the brakes a little bit on Mac Jones. Um, yeah, he was great at, at Alabama, but we've also seen guys like A.J. McCarron and, and Greg McElroy come out of there and, and were great in college and couldn't pan out in the NFL. And obviously there's something there if, if Bill Belichick's willing to draft him in the first round. Um, 
but I, I, I'm I'm mind blown. I, I think uh, there had to be something else going on there for for Cam Newton to be cut. Not necessarily that that Mac Jones didn't rightfully earn the the starting gig, uh, but it would be nice in my eyes to have that veteran, you know, in case you know Mac Jones comes out and he's turnover prone or can't adapt to the speed or. Uh, because even playing in preseason, you know, really when Mac Jones is playing, he, he's going against mostly second-team defenses, if not second- and third-team defenses most of the time. I, I don't know if we've seen enough out of Mac Jones to warrant Cam, cutting Cam Newton, but it is a business, uh, and a business decision was made. I don't expect Cam Newton to be uh, uh, a free agent for long. He'll find a job fairly quickly. Uh, I, I was trying to think while we were at work and the news broke uh, of a team – that makes a lot of sense for Cam Newton. And uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm going to say it. And it might be an unpopular opinion. I love, would love to see Cam Newton make his way to Pittsburgh to back up Ben Roethlisberger. I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that's in need of a QB right now would be Houston. Um, and unfortunately, like you said earlier, when I said it, that another shot in the arm to Tyrod Taylor. Shot in the lungs. Yeah. Yeah. Bum, so, I mean, I, I did read an article that uh, the Cowboys are exploring signing Cam Newton to back up Dak. Um, Could make sense if they're not fully sold on Dak's shoulder. Uh, and let's all be honest, I'd much rather see Cam Newton running that offense than, you know, Ben Danucci who got cut today. Yeah, Danucci got cut and Gilbert got cut. I think they're left with uh, Cooper Rush. Yep. So that would make a fair amount of sense for, for Newton to find his way to, to Dallas as well. Um, but yeah, again, for me on the, on the new England side of it, um, James White and Damian Harris t- probably take the two biggest bumps. I'm going to wait a little bit on, on the others, not saying I wouldn't draft anybody from new England now, cause I certainly would. Um, but it's going to be probably lower than their ADPs. It would have to be an extreme value. Um, just for me to feel like I was getting a little bit of, a uh, safety and, and, and taking them just cause I don't know if I trust what I've seen in Mac Jones yet at this point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I really think those are the real big names. I mean, I saw Jordan Howard got cut today. Travis Fulgham got cut. Jordan uh, Howard? Yeah. I didn't even know he was, I was still thinking about. Roster. I was thinking about drafting him. <laughs> well, you did draft Marshawn Lynch in an auction league. You can't, you can't prove it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I can. There's says draft results. Um, so, but I, I really no no real noticeable um, cuts. Travis Fulgham was another one that yeah. we said. Yeah, Fulgham, it, that was kind of a surprise to me. He was the best thing they had last year. Um, I guess he just couldn't stick it this offseason with him. One I want to talk about just slightly briefly uh, is is my Atlanta Falcons, which are obviously near and dear to me. Um, you know, uh, if, if you're looking in a deep league and, you're, and you're, you're one of those guys who likes to go zero running back early, uh, whatever, um, a guy that may make a ton of sense for you to pick up late in running backs would be Quandre Olison out of Atlanta. Um, I've been big on him all offseason, and, uh, you know, luckily enough uh, for me, I picked him up early in the offseason in our Dynasty League, uh, and then um, the Falcons uh, signed undrafted free agent uh, Javion Hawkins and then Dante Foreman, to, to, and they cut both of them. Um, so that means that there's a little bit of faith in Quandre Olison. I don't expect Mike Davis to live up to a full season. Uh, so that may be a great move. Um, if you're, if you're interested in, in having a late round, um, 
running back to pick up off off waivers. Uh, he runs pretty hard. Seems like the the Arthur Smith kind of running back. And like I said, I, who knows what Mike Davis holds up to on a full season. Definitely, definitely. We saw him veer off at the end of last year when he was filling in for McCaffrey. Um, so there, there is that question mark around Mike Davis. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what your your, your Falcons do. Um, let's. Um, I, I, we got a roster submitted to us from uh, Jesse Baker to do a little health inspector on him. Um, it was a 10-team PPR league. Um, he had – he told me this. He had pick six. I'm going to run down the roster real fast. Uh, it's not a very, very deep bench. Um, yeah, it's Kyler Murray for his QB. His wide receivers are Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, uh, OBJ, Debo Samuel, and Jalen Rager. His running backs are Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Kareem Hunt, Michael Carter, J.D. McKissick. Tanya's his tight end, and his defense was Tampa Bay. I love Love the depth you have at running back because you even have Kareem Hunt to really fill that out. Uh, Michael Carter can sit on your bench, and if he ever does take it over, great. If not, easy drop to pull in. Um, J.D. McKissick. McKissick, once again, will still probably see some valuable targets. Your wide receivers, Cooper Cup, D.J. Moore, great pairing with one-two. Since um, I'm assuming looking at your roster, I'm assuming you probably went Kamara, Mixon, Carson. And then started jumping into your wideouts. So, absolutely, with Cup and Moore and OBJ, you've got a great one, two, three there. Chris Carson, probably one of the best running back threes you can have. Um, Kyler Murray, I have, I think we both had up there in the top five. This right here is a championship roster, if, if I'm looking at it. it minus, um, minus dropping Jalen Rager. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're definitely going to have to drop Rager and add somebody. There's uh, Marquez Callaway's out there. We'll talk about a couple other names for you to maybe look at um, here later on in, the, in, in today's cast. Um, tight end, Tanya's still a question mark to me. I get it. He's with Rodgers. We'll see how it goes. Rodgers went and sunk out uh, Randall Cobb to come back. So we'll see. We'll see what the Tanyan, what Tanyan can bring. Other than that, absolutely, I give I give you a B plus on this roster. And the only thing that's shot at you from an A, and, and it's the hardest thing to get, is a, is a top-tier tight end that's guaranteed to be a top-tier tight end. So, yeah, I'll give you a B-plus. You're definitely playoff bound with this, barring any injuries. Yeah, I'm going to give you a B, as uh, just a regular old B, not a B-plus. The only reason I won't give you a B-plus is because you drafted Jalen Rager, and that just doesn't make any sense to me uh, because I'm not a huge fan of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Uh, as I think I've made it blatantly aware on this podcast a time or two. Um, but again, yes, very quality roster. You'll be pl- making playoffs. And I hope by the time this podcast is, is dropped and by the time you listen to it, you've, you've dropped Jalen Rager and, and uh, even an empty bench spot at this point I'll take. So, uh, but no, uh, good roster. B for me, playoff caliber, probably top three team in your league, I would imagine, without seeing any of the others. And I would think that you'd be just fine. So, we talked back and forth, and Rager did come up. But here's how his draft went. Kamara, Mixon, Carson, Murray, and then he took his first wide out and still wound up with Cup, DJ Moore, and OBJ. That's amazing right there to see all those names still there. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how this pans out. Definitely keep us up to date, uh, Jesse. Uh, let, us know, let us know how your season's going. Let us know if you have any questions. Um, about starts or sits, um, 
roster pretty solid with your starters. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk. Um, talk about some guys maybe you'd be targeting in your draft in the mid mid tier rounds. Let's say you go. We'll just say you have to start out with running back, wide receiver, like I did in our listener league. Who's some of the guys like fourth round down, fourth to seventh that you'd possibly be looking at? Some type of running backs. Um, well, a big one now would be um, Damian Harris with the news that uh, Mac Jones is going to be the starter. Uh, Damian Harris's value, we said all along, was to determine on whether or not he was going to get that touchdown upside. He gets that now in Mac Jones, whereas with Cam Newton, you'd had to been worried about Cam Newton vulturing it. Um, Mike Davis is another name that's been going about that time in the draft. Um, really like to see Mike Davis. Uh, again, if, if he'd be one that I'd be willing to throw a cuff late at with Olison, potentially just so I have that backfield. Gaskin's another name. Uh, Gaskin's kind of fallen down boards a little bit right now. Uh, but really, Gaskin's had a pretty solid preseason showing. Um, he, had that one, he had that one, what was it, week one of the preseason where Malcolm Brown got the start and everything else. But really, the rest of the preseason's been Gaskin's show in my mind. Yeah, so those would be the three that I'd be really looking at. What do you got, Walter? Well, I said, what, fourth through seven? Josh Jacobs still technically is a fourth-round ADP, which isn't a bad guy to be having as my wide, as my running back two or no, three. No. Uh, Javante Williams is right there. Um, eventually, he will take over that workload in, in uh, Denver. I think it's going to be more of a committee to start the year. He'll be a guy to wait on, uh, wait to actually be able to um, – start i think in fantasy and then the other one that's in seventh round adp right now is is gus edwards i I think you still have to i think his td upside is very valuable there um so those are some guys that you definitely could be targeting later in your uh in your draft if you if you're in that spot where you have to pick your um wideouts early i mean adams is always a name too good to pass on Hill, Hopkins, Diggs, all those names, Ridley. Yeah. Those guys are really hard to pass on in the first two rounds. All right, so what we're going to do now, Brant, this is a curveball. I'm throwing this to you on the fly right now. We're going to play a little draft prep game show, okay? It's real simple. I'm going to ask you names of players in the same round, very close in ADP, current ADPs, and I want you to tell me which one you're taking and why. Okay, okay. all right, let me pull my ADP so I can get some back at you. We're going to start in the first round. At the 109 is Austin Eckler. At the 110 is Nick Chubb. Which one are you taking and why? It's easy for me. I've got Eckler ranked as my fourth best back this year. I'm taking Austin Eckler over Nick Chubb. The passing volume will be there. His confidence coming out on his Twitter and and, and, and the media and everything he's talking about, he's got me hyped up to draft him right now. Uh, Chubb scares me a little bit. Um with Kareem Hunt still there, taking away the pass volume. Um, also, though, I feel like they'll be in the lead more often than the Chargers will be. So um, they'll be splitting it, milking the clock. We saw a lot of Kareem Hunt coming in and doing most of the work in the second half next year. I'm all over Austin Eckler in, in the um, in the first round. Okay. Um, go ahead and hit me with another one while I get this pulled back up. All right, another one. You ready for it? Yep. 205, DeAndre Hopkins, 206, Calvin Ridley. Oh, that one's tough because I believe I have them at my two and three. I'm going to go with Hopkins. I'm, I've always been big on Hopkins. I, he's the only guy to have over 150 targets the last four years. 
Um, I just think the volume will be there. Um, Atlanta's offense is still a question mark with the new coaching staff there. Um, I still think it'll be a high-powered. Um, I, I think you'll see plenty of volume for Ridley. But I got to go with Hopkins. I just think Hopkins is, is safer. Okay. Right there. Um, let's go with uh, you did that. So you did first and second. Let me jump into the third. I hope you asked me the same one I was going to ask you here. I'm going to take the 305 slash 306. I got A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen. Mine, I'm not using the same ADP. I'm using the uh, football calculator ADPs. Oh, so are you. And I've got them at 301 and 302. Anyway, either way, they're still in the third round. That is the two that I was going to ask you. It's Keenan Allen all day for me, and the reason why it's Keenan Allen for me is because there is no uh, Julio Jones to steal targets from Keenan Allen. Uh, and for that that sole reason, I'm taking Keenan Allen over A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. There was a lot of hype prior to the Julio Jones trade getting done that you know A.J. Brown was going to be the guy. He was going to be a top-10 wide receiver this year. Uh and it's not to say he still won't be, but Keenan Allen's a target monster, and I just absolutely love uh, Keenan Allen this year. Okay. You had it at a 12-team league. I had it at a 10. That's the only difference oh, there. Okay. Um, you want to get the fourth, or you want me to take the fourth? I'll, I'll get the fourth. Okay. I'll go with the 405 tie ADP, DeAndre Swift and Josh <laughs> Jacobs. I was literally just looking at that, too. I'm going with Josh Jacobs. Uh, Swift's already dealing with a, a nagging injury throughout the preseason. They signed Jamal Williams, who I think will take some of the pass catching. Um, and I think they're going to be down a lot and having to run that hurry-up offense a lot in games. And I think Jamal Williams is going to see more snaps than a lot of people are. And Jacobs never really has let anyone down. And he's always had people there. I mean, maybe nobody of the caliber of Kenyon Drake, but he's always had somebody barking up his tree. They've never really given him a whole lot of pass catching work. And he's I, still a top 10 running back last year. Yeah, and, he's still, yeah. and I mean, the year before, he was top 15, I believe. Jacobs just is, is a guy that's not going to really let you down. He may not be all flashy and everything else, but he's, he's going to get the work. I tend to lean Josh Jacobs there myself as well. I think I think when you, when you, when you boil it down, one of these offenses is going to have a lot more opportunities for touchdowns than the other, and I think Josh Jacobs will be a big beneficiary of that. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift's going to catch a lot more passes than Josh Jacobs, which is great as well. But I just like the touchdown up, upside that Josh Jacobs offers. All right. Fifth round tie. Your beloved Julio Jones and one of my favorite picks this year, Deontay Johnson. They're both tied at the 5 0. Yeah. So I know the obvious choice here, and it screams that the obvious choice is Deontay Johnson. Julio didn't, wasn't healthy last year. Deontay Johnson had like 148 targets or something like Some that. Some craziness. Uh, and, and missing missing a couple games. Missing too. a couple games. I'm taking Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a dominant wide receiver. If he's able to stay healthy this year, he's a guy who could be a top 10 wide receiver. Deontay Johnson's not going to finish as a top 10 wide receiver. I'm taking the upside. I know a lot of people like safety. The safety pick here is Deontay Johnson. Can't fault anybody who would agree or would take Deontay Johnson over Julio Jones. But – I'm taking Julio Jones in this one simply for the fact that he's a take-the-top-off-the-defense kind of a guy. His nickname's Jet Jones for a reason. I'm taking I'm taking Julio here. That's funny because I figured the safest play here would have been Julio Jones because he is safe, especially in an offense where A.J. Brown. If he plays. But he's in an offense where A.J. Brown's going to draw the number one. 
Uh, you tell me a number two corner in the NFL that can cover this man, and I'm going to tell you you're wrong. The safe play is, Ju- is Julio in my mind. My play is I'm going Johnson and hoping for the higher upside with the higher target volume that he'll probably see in that offense. But he had that drop issue last year. Now he hasn't had it this preseason. Once again, it's preseason. We'll wait and see how it is. I lean Johnson, but if you're gonna, if you want to be safe, you take Julio here in my mind. Johnson, I, I also want to put it out there. I, I'm big on Johnson this year, just as you are, Walker. The, the volume alone is great, but I want to say a little bit of, of take caution into to effect. There was no Najee Harris in Pittsburgh last year. A lot of the extra targets that Deontay Johnson got last year will also will be carries this year. So I, I do look for his target number to drop just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Julio Jones in that argument all day. Uh, we'll go to the sixth round on an ADP tie. Uh, back to the running back position uh, because getting either one of these guys in the sixth round would be phenomenal. Uh, but it's Cream Hunt at the 603 or Javante Williams at the 603. One of them is going to be in a committee all year, but he's going to have a pretty good role week one. The other one we don't know about. What are you, what are you going here? I'm going with Cream Hunt. I think it's, uh, like I said, he'll get the passing volume. I think he'll get a lot of second-half work. Um, I think he's a safer play. We know, like you said, straight from the start, straight from week one, he'll get. I think, I believe, he'll get plenty of work to make him a valuable running back three. Now, if I need somebody, and I'm late in a draft, and I need some upside, I'm going Williams. That guy, a lot of experts had him touted as the second best back coming out. Couple people had him as the first, and after watching Najee play and work, I don't see how you had that. But Williams is a guy that could potentially be a top ten back from the time he laces up and starts. Um, so if you need safe, I'm going Kareem. If you want that upside, I'm going Williams. Yeah, I'm going to lean Williams in this one, um, just simply because it, the, either way, I'm probably getting these guys as my running back three. I would hope, and it, with a running back three, I'd rather have a little upside than I would safety. And I think. Cream Hunt's much safer. Again, I'm more of an upside guy than I am a safety guy. You can either crash and burn or, or drive right to victory lane with that format. But I, I do tend to go that way. Now, I want to talk about something just very briefly to see if you're as baffled as I'm baffled by these ADPs. At the 6.04 is Brandon Ayuk. At 6.07 is DJ Moore. Am I, is, is this, am I the only one who thinks this is odd? Yes. You, so you think Ayuk could be in front of DJ Moore? Oh, no, no, no. You're not. I'm sorry. Listen, okay. you are not the only one. I sorry, I have DJ Moore a, a lot higher than as I do, do I. IU. As do I. Okay. Um, Ayuk isn't even. Ayuk could end up being the fourth passing option there. Could be the third. I'm sorry, DJ Moore has proven that he is the one in that offense. I get it, new quarterback. DJ Moore still the best wide receiver on that team. I agree. Um, let's go to the seven oh three. Let's. <laughs> Okay, new 703, uh, and I do say new. Raheem Mostert or Gus Edwards? Can I trade this pick out to somebody else? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take my quarterback. <laughs> I, it, it's Gus Edwards to me. Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy. He's on the wrong side of 28 years old. That's old for a running back. Might be 29 even, uh, but either way, it's the wrong side of the age for their running back. I'm not taking Raheem Mostert this early. I would take his counterpart this early, who was also in this round at 7.07. I was about to bring that up. But I'm taking Gus Edwards here. 
Okay. I'm in the same boat, same reason. He's guaranteed workload. We don't know what Mostert's going to be. Um, I do want to bring up another seventh-round ADP, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. 708, do you take the risk of Michael Thomas or do you take the safety of OBJ? Uh, well, first of all, I want to say that Jerry Judy is the 7.04. I'm taking OBJ over him as well. Uh, but So that should answer your question. I love Mike Thomas if he was healthy. He wouldn't be this late. Uh, but when you're talking about a, a seventh-round pick, these are still guys you're filling out your starting roster with. I'm not taking a guy who's going to miss a, a, a significant chunk of the season. And I'm a lot higher on OBJ than a lot of other people. I know I'm higher on him than you are, Brant. Uh, but I'm definitely taking OBJ in that in that spot. Okay. Uh, let's get into the eighth round. I'm going to go back to the wide receivers a little bit here. 806 is Robbie Anderson. 807 is the rookie sensation, Jamar Chase. Taking Robbie Anderson. Okay. Chase is dealing with 18 months without playing football, and it's showing. The rust is showing. Now, I think when he figures it out, he could be very valuable. But during that time that he's getting back into football shape, T. Higgins is going to start taking it and taking over that one and keeping that one that he already has. Um. I like Robbie Anderson this year. I, he reunites with Sam Darnold. I think that they're going to be contract year too. Am I not? Wrong? Am I wrong on that? Uh, he just signed an extension. Did he? Okay. Yes. Yep. No longer, the two year. No longer contract. But he's come out. He says he absolutely loves Carolina. He loves the coaching staff. He's actually reunited with the coach from college. I like Robbie Anderson this year, especially as in the eighth round as probably my first receiver I'm putting on my bench or even my flex guy. Yeah. If if my wide receivers starting wide receiver stops slots are full i'm pulling jamar chase uh to leave on my bench and let him work that out if this is going to be a guy that i'm plugging into my roster to start i'm taking robbie anderson so that's definitely a, a tale of two coins there um but i, I i'm probably going to lean robbie anderson if it's a guy i'm drafting in the eighth round to put on, on my lineup i don't want you to look anybody else ahead in the ninth round because i already know your choice in the ninth but the two names i'm giving you lavisca chenault and Debo Samuel at the 907. Debo Samuel. Yeah, <laughs> Debo Samuel. I love Debo. Uh, Debo's a freak athlete. Not to say LaVisca Chenault's not as well, but I know what I'm getting in San Francisco. Okay, We don't know what we're getting in Urban Meyer yet. We don't know what we're getting in Trevor Lawrence yet. We don't know who Trevor Lawrence's favorite target's going to be. I know who Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target is. It's George Kittle. Okay, um, I would assume that if Trey Lance takes over, it's going to be George Kittle. Uh, but having Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk on the outside – that, I, I'm glad I don't play that team twice a year uh, because I don't know how I'd want to stop that offense. Um, but I'm taking Debo Samuel just because I think if Debo Samuel and LaVisca Chenault both play a full season, Debo's ceiling is much higher. LaVisca is probably a little more safe than Debo because Debo does have that injury history. But I'm taking Debo Samuel here. I'm taking LaVisca. I'm taking my guy right here. Yeah, I, fig I figured you would. That, should, that has been your my guy all offseason. I don't, I don't blame you for that. I think if we go to consensus rankings, we have Debo much higher. Then we do LaVisca. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I, I can't hate you on that one. Honestly, in the ninth round, I'm pulling Corey Davis over any of these guys that I'm seeing. Well, maybe not over Sutton, but I, I'm pulling Corey Davis. Well, let's talk about the wide receivers in the in the ninth round. So we've got Kenny Galladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cortland Sutton, LaVisca Chenault, Debo Samuel, and Corey Davis. Realistically, I, I, I don't dislike any of them. And if I had to rank them, I know he's your my guy, but LaVisca's going to be in the bottom half of these rankings. Probably starting with Cortland Sutton at my one in that round, followed by Kenny Galladay, 
followed by Levis or Juju, followed by Debo, followed by Corey Davis, followed by Lavisca. Yes, that's how I would rank it. I know your eyebrows are raising at me a little bit. Corey Davis is going to be an absolute monster this year. But again, don't know what I'm getting in Robert Salah yet necessarily. Don't know what I'm getting necessarily in Zach Wilson. That's why I rank him a little lower. If I'd had a season of, of Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson was even just an average quarterback, Corey Davis is probably my top in my top three in that right. I'm going to go with Corey Davis. He saw 70% of all targets during his route ran with Zach Wilson. Oh, I don't. So he is yeah. the best. He is. He was paid to be the wide receiver one in a team that's going to be tra- trailing a lot. So is Kenny Galladay for the Giants. Yeah, if he ever gets out there to make chemistry, is yet to make it onto the field with Daniel Jones. I understand that. Cortland Sutton, though, is another one that I really love in this round. Like I said, you really can't go wrong with drafting any of them. Uh, I don't have a problem with any of them. So this is why we say go running back heavy. <laughs> let's go uh, into the 10th round and see if I can find something interesting here for you. Um, let, let's just go with the running backs that are available in the 10th round overall. You've got at the 1003, you've got Jamal Williams. At the 1006, you've got Sony Michelle. At the 1008, you've got James Conner. If you're needing a running back late, you're one of those guys who waited, or you went running back, running back, and then you've avoided it since. What are you what are you looking here in that round? Well, Jamal's really out for me just because I don't know what's gonna go on with him and how that's gonna go. Honestly, I'm I'm leaning more towards Sony Michelle. I think he has the upside to to really um get into that committee and, and, and take a lot of work from Henderson. Uh, he's shown flashes there in New England. We all know Belichick doesn't commit to one running back. He never has. But we also know McVeigh doesn't either. I just think Sony might have the biggest upside out of all of these. Yeah, so when I look at this, I, I kind of look into the coach speak a little bit. So you, you look at Jamal Williams there at the 10-03. Anthony Lynn, who last year Eckler was amazing with, uh, said of, of – Jamal Williams, that he's a 1A type of running back. And what a 1A type of running back is a guy that you can plug in on first and second downs, run the ball between the tackles effectively, and catch passes in certain situations. Um, we all know that DeAndre Swift's still there and is uber talented as well. But I'm going to go with James Conner, and I, that's because I already know what his workload's going to be. They've come out, Cliff Kingsbury's come out and said he's probably going to get third down work and goal line work. I'm taking the one that I already know what his role is without having to watch a game. Because when you're drafting, you haven't got to see any games played yet that matter. And so for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going James Conner. All right. I'm glad I got the 11th because I was torn between two different ones here. But I'm going to go with the 11.04 and the 11.05. Brandon Cooks and Michael Pittman. Brandon Jr. Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Can I, do, I, do I need to explain or do I have to? I mean, Brandon Cooks. Okay. Um, Mine's the same. Michael Pittman's role just took a huge boost with T.Y. Hilton missing time with a neck injury. Uh, and, uh, you know, you've got on that roster, you've got Zach Pascal, who's never been able to prove it. you got Paris Campbell, who's never been able to prove it. Uh, you got un- a bunch of wishy-washy tight ends. Uh, you've got Naeem Hines, who catches the ball really well out of the backfield. So there's going to be a lot of work there. But Brandon Cooks is the number one on a team who's going to play from behind every single week of the season, probably won't win any games but should get a massive, massive amount of targets. And for that reason and that reason alone, I'm taking Brandon Cooks. Okay. All right. I'm also taking Cooks. He's the number one in that offense. Um, so let's go down. Um, I don't think this – do you have any more that you want to – Yeah, in the 12th round, I sure do. All right, what you got? This one's going to be very interesting, I think, because uh, it's another round that's got three wide receivers featured in it, and I all three of them are, are pretty good names. 1205 Mike Williams, 1208 Jarvis Landry, 1208 Jacoby Myers. You said we were going to talk about Myers later, so here we are. I like Myers. Myers is the one, the the 
number one wide receiver, I believe, in, in New England. He saw the most targets from Mac Jones. He saw the most targets when running with the ones, even if it was Cam Newton or Mac Jones starting. I really liked Jacoby Myers this year, and I liked him last year. I I owned him most of the year last year. I went out and picked him back up. Um, I really think Jacoby Myers has top 25 wide receiver upside in that offense, especially with a, a quarterback that's actually going to throw the ball now. Yeah, so for me, I'm going Mike Williams. Um, Mike Williams has is, is come out and they said he's going to be the X factor there in Los Angeles. He's a field stretcher. He's got freak speed, freak size. Uh, and he's got Justin Herbert throwing the ball. Um, I, I'm taking Justin Herbert over Mac Jones at this point, uh, and I'm and I'm probably realistically taking Justin Herbert over Baker Mayfield. Uh, somebody throwing the ball to my guy. Now Jarvis Landry, Juice Landry has been fantastic every season. He's always doubted. CDP always falls, and whoever ends up with him falling into their lap is always happy at the end of the season. But um, Mike Williams, if he stays healthy, this late in the twelfth round, guys. This is where you can win money in leagues or win your leagues if you're somebody who doesn't play for money. Um, and Mike Williams is a guy that if he's healthy at the right time of the season or is able to stay healthy all year, he's a guy that's going to help you win leagues. He's going to help you win games. And, uh, you know, I, I just think Jarvis Landry is the safe pick in this round to me. But, again, this late I don't necessarily want safe. I want upside, and I'm taking that from Mike Williams. Okay. Definitely, definitely. So I want to go through, unless you got another round you want to discuss. I, I, I'm, I'm far from done, sir. Okay, go ahead. I'm, look, I'm kind of looking for – Let's look at the 1301. You got two backup running backs here. But, again, running backs are important. Like you said, your dad said. You got Giovanni Bernard at the 1301 and Naeem Hines at the 1301. Both of them very similar very similar play style. Which one's your pick here? I'm going to go with Gio. Um, we saw what Tom Brady can do with the pass catching back and James White. We saw how – valuable he was in fantasy and for new england and, and we've, we've seen giovanni be able to handle that role and i think he will in in tampa bay so i'm gonna go with giovanni bernard here yeah i think uh I, i'm gonna go the opposite end of it i'm gonna go naeem hines um again because of the, the the simple fact that there's no not really any over the top talented pass catchers in indy uh when you look at giovanni bernard if he's in, in a pass catching situation he's going to be behind mike evans He's going to be behind Chris Godwin. He's going to be behind Antonio Brown. He's going to be behind Rob Gronk. I'm running out of fingers here for him to be behind, but he's going to be behind those guys. Whereas you go to Naeem Hines, he's got to beat it. You know, on passes, he's going to have to beat out the likes of Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, and, and Michael Pittman. I like my odds a little bit better there. So for that reason, I'm going to take Naeem Hines. Now, another one, this, this is another round, though, that's a little interesting to me in wide receivers. You've got Henry Ruggs, you've got Marvin Jones, you've got Will Fuller, and you've got Elijah Moore. For me, I'm taking Will Fuller this late. Yes, yes. he's missing the first game, uh, but with Tua, uh, he's going to be Tua's a great deep ball passer. Will Fuller is an absolute uh, unit when it comes to uh, deep ball uh, catching, and, and his average target depth is pretty insane. Uh, I'm taking Will Fuller out of this. Out of this, Marvin Jones will be the next closest in my eyes. I don't know how you feel about that, but. Uh... I think Marvin Jones will start the season as the one, and we'll, we'll see. He's got a leg up. I forgot that Bevel was in Detroit with him, so he does have a leg up on learning that offense. So I definitely, I think I would lean Fuller and then Marvin Jones closely. And then Let, let's finish with one more round here. I just want to go through the 14th. Just, again, you get this late. Some I have names one for the 15th. So. Okay. 
some of these names are going to slide and move around a little bit. But you got four wide receivers here uh, in the 14th. You got Russell Gage, Michael Gallup, Curtis Samuel, Marquise Brown. I want you to rank those for me. Don't, don't necessarily just pick one. Obviously, your number one would be your pick, but I want you to rank them. Woo! We go with Russell Gage, mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, Gallup, and then Brown. Taking Gage just because I think your de- you, the Atlanta defense is still a little suspect. We'll we'll see how it goes. So I think they'll be behind, and, and Gage is the number two there. Um, I'm going with Curtis Samuel because I think that he'll be the gadget guy there in Washington um, for Ron Rivera. They're reunited from Carolina, so I'd, I'd like Curtis Samuel's upside here. Um, and then Gallup, there he's in that high-powered Dallas offense. I really don't think you can go wrong with either one of these three in the 14th round. I got Marquise Brown last because he's in Baltimore. They don't really throw the ball. He takes the top off the defense. So he's a boomer bust in my mind. Yeah, so if I'm ranking these, I'm going Russell Gage for the same reason you said. Probably the number two target uh, there in Atlanta, at least to start the season. Kyle Pitts will probably take over the number two role. Not real deep into the season. Russell Gage will still be a viable option. I'm going Michael Gallup with the second uh, because if Dak plays a full season, that's going to be the highest-powered passing offense in football. Uh, and then I'm going to shock your mind a little bit here. I'm going Marquise Brown at third and Curtis Samuel at four. The reason behind that is in Washington, you've got Logan Thomas, you've got Terry McLaurin, and now you've got Dwami Brown, who I think I'm, I'm very starting to get very high on here, and J.D. McKissick, and, and your starting quarterback's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not to say Ryan Fitzpatrick won't be good or won't substantiate a couple of good guys, but Marquise Brown's the number one in, in Baltimore, at least to start the season while uh, Rashad Bateman's on the bench or on the shelf, not the bench. Brown's banged up too. Right now, Sam is, is the number one. He is. <laughs> uh, but he's got that chemistry established with, uh, with uh, the running back there and Lamar Jackson. I mean, quarterback. I'm so sorry uh, already. Uh, but I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm going Curtis Samuel last just because I just don't know how that's going to look. We've seen Curtis Samuel in a Ron Rivera offense before, and he was kind of blah. Um, he really flourished under Joe Brady last year, so it'll be interesting to see what Ron Riverboat Ron uh, is able to do with, with Curtis Samuel. So for that reason, I'm going to put him in my last spot there. All right, last one here. 15-08, Rondell Moore in Arizona. 15-09, Brian Edwards. They're in Las Vegas. I mean, it's obvious, right? Brian Edwards is a mixture of Randy Moss and Terrell <laughs> Owens. Uh, no, I'm I'm probably going to take Rondale Moore, um, even though it's right now it looks like it's going to be Christian Kirk and him taking turns in the slot. Uh, but Kyle, Kyler Murray in that offense is going to be pretty high-paced, I think. High-powered offense. Uh, give me a rookie. Uh, in that offense versus a guy who was all hyped up last year and did nothing. So give me Elijah Moore or Rondale Moore, excuse me. Okay. I, I, I want to put something out and I'm going to let you chime in on this too to end this cast. Well, I got one more round. All right, go ahead. Really fast. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Just scrolled all the way down to the bottom of it thinking there wouldn't be any names out there that I, I had to see, but there is. The 1701 is Devontae Parker and the 1701 is also. Amon Ross St. Brown. St. Brown. My reasoning is I think Parker is honestly going to be the odd guy out there in Miami when Fuller gets back. 
Uh, is not known to throw up too many contested catches, and that's what Parker thrives in. Um, he's going to want the separation guys and, and Waddle and and uh, Fuller. Um, I don't really know what Parker's role is going to be in that offense. And St. Brown has showed it during the offseason that he is vying to be the number one option in a offense that's going to be playing from behind every single second of every single game. So I, and they have the line there in Detroit to actually protect golf and let him get the ball down. I like St. Brown. St. Brown's one of my guys. I love stealing late in the draft because this guy honestly could finish in the top 20 in that, in that offense. Yeah. And he's going to play primarily out of the slot, which if you think back to Los Angeles Rams times, Jared golf loved the Cooper slot wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I'm going Amon Ross St. Brown there. I do think Devontae Parker will have a fine season, but I've also been a Devontae, Devontae Parker truther for far too long. It's time for me to stop getting hurt by that bus. Absolutely. So we've given you guys some some stuff, some thoughts here, uh, some this or that's in, in some of these rounds that hopefully if you were sitting there scratching your head going, oh, I don't know which one of these two I'd take. Maybe we give you a little bit of a, a, a decision-making ability there. Um, I know you said you wanted to hit one last thing before we got off, so I'll, I'll turn the mic back over to you. Um, there's one thing that I want to put out. We saw Chris McCaffrey get banged up, and you're going to love what i got to say here, and I'm going to let you chime in on this because this was your favorite guy prior to doing a little deeper research in his bad year in college. Oh, he's still one of my favorite guys. If he'd have fallen to a different spot, um, different discussions. Guys, if you're in a draft and it's deep and you're looking in that last round and you got everything covered, you're looking for a guy to steal – Chuba Hubbard is my guy. This guy is backing up Christian McCaffrey. Look what Mike Davis did. Mike Davis never had a role on any other team, Seattle, Chicago, and anywhere else he ventured. McCaffrey went down. Mike Davis was a top 15 back. Chuba Hubbard led the NCAA two years ago in rushing yards and was had a decent start to 2020 before injuries caught up. And then he opted out. Chuba Hubbard is a guy that could win you leagues if something happens to McCaffrey or if they want to lessen that workload. I mean, I know you've done your research. I'm going to turn this over to you, Bo. Talk about this guy. Yeah, so, again, Chuba is – he's got great vision. He's got good balance. He's got breakaway speed. Catches the ball pretty well out of the backfield. uh, Runs really well through between the tackles. Uh, Again, it's it's not necessarily something you want to do drafting a guy – to hope for an injury or something like that. But in a dynasty league, if you haven't done your rookie dynasty draft yet, don't hesitate to pull Chuba if he's on the board at your pick later in like the second, third rounds. Um, and in a redraft, if you do have that number one overall pick, I if I have a top five pick in a draft, I'm not leaving the draft without handcuffing my back, um, if, it, if it's at all feasible. Um, and drafting Christian McCaffrey, number one overall last year, if you didn't grab Mike Davis – at the end of the draft, you were sorely missing out when somebody else picked him up. So don't let that happen again this year. Chuba Hubbard is going to be, I would say, a better backup than Mike Davis was. And if something happens with Christian McCaffrey and he gets hurt, I love Chuba Hubbard. He could be a top 10 guy week in and week out. His his, ball, uh, his vision's too good. His pass catching's too good. His between the tackles is too good. His breakaway speed's too good, like I said. He's a guy that if you're, if you're able to gra- grab him to handcuff Christian McCaffrey – grab him also if, if your league's short and you don't do it put him on your watch list um, be the first one on your on your on your phone to, to snag 
Chuba Hubbard if something happens to Christian McCaffrey. He's gonna be he's gonna be an absolute stud. Um, good luck, guys, on your drafts. I know we're we're in the last second of draft season. Good luck on your drafts. Good luck to everybody who participated in the inaugural season of the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Don't hesitate to email us any draft questions. We're definitely always looking there. Yep, and as always, stay hungry. Stay fat, my friends.